0: From the lands of Egypt comes something special. Every family begins their perfect night with a great meal. And it starts with Mount Sinai olive oil. Taste the quality of premium, delicious olives that are first cold pressed and extra virgin. No matter what's for dinner, Mount Sinai olive oil will be the perfect ingredient to enhance flavor and your health. Excellence has a new name. Mount Sinai olive oil has arrived.
1: What it is, family. Parrish Patton here. Host of Entrepreneur Kickback and got another episode for you guys. Um, This episode... I got my man, Dr. Bull, Dr. Bull, real good brother, man. And um, what's interesting about this conversation we had is that Dr. Bull is a two-time felon. However, he was able to overcome that and be prosperous in his life for himself and his family you know and in a very simple way too now he he's also multi talented however you know he's decided to focus on only a few things to help him get by i learned a lot just having a conversation with him i look forward to talking to him again um he's he's a he's a contractor um he's also a trader as well i want you all to pay attention to How many traders that I have on, despite whatever else they do, you know, from Ken Blanks to levels to Kayla to uh, Daniel Barnett. They're all traders, too. But Dr. Bull is also a trader. He's a he's a he's a licensed contractor. However, he tells me he found his sweet spot by simply painting fences. I'm going to say that again. He found his sweet spot. By simply painting fences. Don't let that go over your head. But I'm, I'm done with my intro. Here's the episode. Hey, like, share, subscribe. Thank you guys for listening. Leave a five star review if it reaches your liking.
2: Boom. We are on another episode of Entrepreneur Kickback with my man, Dr. Bull. Uh, what, excuse up, what, the, up? what up man appreciate you coming coming along man it's been a minute we've been we've been working at this for a little while but we
3: gonna make it happen
2: i'm relentless when it comes to this like we
3: gonna make it happen yeah we made it shake this time so i'm glad we're here yeah. to appreciate the opportunity
2: oh yeah yeah and I, and I appreciate your time um forgive me y'all you know what i'm saying my boy sometimes he sings in the background so y'all might hear him. um but um Welcome to the show. Um, also, I'm rocking my Cirilla merch. You know what I'm saying? Drinkcirilla.com. You know, check it out. Non-alcoholic sparkling tea beverage. Good shit. But, um, but I want to get into it, man, because, you know, we're... Um, i give y'all guys a little backstory. You know, we're part of a community, a morning show on Twitter called The Pre-Market Movers, which you probably hear it constantly in ads if you listen to this show. And our community is strong and powerful and intelligent. And I finally got the opportunity to meet Dr. Bill Bull on this community, and he has a lot of good insight. So I'm like, hey, man, he got to come on to the show. Let's chop it up. Let's speak to the audience and let's share your story. And with that, for those who
3: don't know you, can you describe yourself and your skill sets? Yeah, for sure, man. Let's um, let's just break it down. Let's go down to the beginning, so um, you know, people who may not have heard, heard the story that's part of the community can you know listen to it. So, I grew up uh, in California, um, born and raised out there until I was about twelve years old. Um, it, it's funny how I grew up because uh, my mom—you might hear my puppies. I have Frenchies and stuff like that. So if you hear them barking, mm-hmm. that's them. But my mom, she she had three kids before she had me. Right. And that's when my dad got with her and stuff. But uh, during that time, my dad was a gangbanger, and a heroin addict since the age of 15. So at that time, you know, when I was born, I was born into pretty much a, a, a gang filled household. Um, my dad was, you know, a, a Sereno, My de- my uncle was in the Mexican mafia. Um, my older brother was actually in a rival gang from what my dad was. So you can just imagine the hostility and in the, in the environment that, that, that was there, right I um, constantly seeing you know physical altercations between my dad and my brother or you know things like that just because of of the way things were set up uh, where I live um, so you know seeing all that, my dad decided to to, to change his life you know he went to, into a men's home and um, went into an inpatient rehab for about three years and uh, during that time he actually changed his whole trajectory about his life and did a complete 180 and actually he became a pastor. Um, he became ordained as a minister, and he moved to Texas. When he came to move to Texas, I was still living in California at the time. He moved to Texas when I was about eight years old. Uh, yeah, about eight years old, and um, he didn't get custody until I was twelve. Moved out here in Texas, and you know, constantly in school, I was I was still thinking, you know, um, life out here was was like it was in California. It's a completely it was completely different. Um, a lot more people were a lot more respectful. People were saying hi to you and. You know, people were talking to me and I was like, Man, don't what are you talking to me for? Like, don't talk to me. I don't I don't know you like that. Like where are you from? Like stuff like that, just because of the way that I grew up, right? And so my dad had to just re reevaluate the way that I was going down in life. And he helped me basically rethink the life and the path that I was going down. Um, you know, like I said, constantly getting into fights in school and doing just dumb stuff. You know, I was playing sports, I did all that stuff. I was smart in school, I wasn't um dumb or anything. I didn't try, so it wasn't that i i if i tried i'm sure i could have done did a lot better as with anything else um so at that time you know graduated from high school um actually uh right after i got out of high school um i caught an aggravated assault with a deadly weapon charge and actually um they couldn't they couldn't find the weapon so in the state of texas um you know just just with anything um, even if there was a weapon, or they had video of weapons and stuff like that, they my actual charge was aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without affirmative finding of a deadly weapon. Uh, just a fancy way of just saying um, we know you had a weapon, but we can't prove that you had a weapon. So, but we're still charging you with a with the second degree felony. Um, and so they tried to give me 15 years uh, off the rip. You know, I'm 18 years old, and I don't know anything about you know I, this is the first time me being locked up, me being from California and being te- and being locked up in Texas just hearing things about how California and Texas prisons, they, you know, they don't really get along and, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, um, I end up having a, I end up getting a, a two year case, uh, got, I end up catching, um, being able to get two years, you know, I, I consider it almost like a blessing. So I went to two years, um, actually took some classes while I was in there, went to college while I was in there, did all that stuff. Um, after I did that, got out, was doing good. Um, you know, started, was blessed to be able to work in the oil field, went on to the oil field, became a crane, crane operator offshore for five years. Um, and just, you know, pretty much worked, you know, two weeks on, two weeks off, sometimes, you know, four weeks, six weeks on, you know, two weeks off, a week off. And because my I didn't have no kids at the time, my, my schedule was very flexible. So I was always at work um, and it kind of kept me out of trouble. Once I lost that job, I used to ride street bikes a lot and I caught another charge for attempted evading arrest on a motor vehicle and I took off on the cops and they found me like 30 minutes later at an apartment complex and they couldn't prove that I was on the bike, but it was one of those things like, do I, you know, if I go to trial, they're going to say, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to give you the max, like just because of your your record. I mean, I have other things on my record as well, like possession of controlled substance, possession of a day's drug, burglary of a motor vehicle. Um, these are not things that I'm proud of, but these are just adversities that I had to come overcome. Uh, that are continued. These are continuous adversities in my life, especially with trying to get a house or trying to get an apartment or trying to get a job. Um, you know, these these are just obstacles that I had to get through um, to to be able to want to be successful, right? Um, and not let it hinder me down. Um, so I did that. Did my little time after I did that. I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? I you know I can't really get a job anywhere. Nobody really wants to hire me. Um, if they do, it's you know twelve dollars an hour, thirteen dollars an hour, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing like that. Like I. I made money before, so I I need to go touch some money at at least, you know, somewhere I'm able to live comfortably. And so I decided to start my own business, started my own business, um, started off by, uh, my dad was actually a painter during this time that, you know, I grew up in California and stuff like that. That's what he did as a job. So I learned um, my painting skills from him and started, um, you know, with fences and doing exteriors. And so I started just cleaning fences and and staining them. And the profit margins I I saw were like, wow, this this is something I could do. And nobody's asking me, you know, what my family, they just care about. If my work is good, if, I, you know, I do a good job, I complete the task and um, I'm personable, which, you know, I like to think that I am um, to, to some aspect and try to be versatile in that way. was able to start my own business um, and I've had my business since 2015. It's 2023. Um, I've done some things and I've kind of ventured off into uh, selling turf and, you know, remodeling and stuff like that. And Um, kind of, I'm trying to transition my life into not so much working as much as I I have been um, and trying to be able to hopefully the business be able to be on on autopilot. Um, So uh, that's where I'm at in my life. And then, you know, during that time in business, I I didn't know anything about credit. I didn't know anything about money. I didn't know anything about anything. My dad knew about that stuff, but uh, I understand why he never taught me because I was a hard headed individual and I didn't wanna wanna I, I learned at my own way at my own pace and and nobody was gonna tell me what to do. My ego was real big. Um I I I just thought I was untouchable, you know, and, and God had to sit me down and tell me, you know what, Josh, you gotta you gotta chill and be still for a little bit. And um just those little kind of things that happened in my life and those obstacles, you know, kind of like helped me to think and I, you know, I I really am a deep thinker. And while I was locked up, you know, I did solitary confinement, um, you know, for six months while I was in there and just acting dumb and acting stupid, right? And just being a, a, a wild one, feeling like I have something to prove to to somebody. But, you know, after I started my business, I was able to sit there and say, hey, you know what, this is not the, this is not the way, this is not the life, this is not, uh, I need to figure out how to do this and do this right. And started learning about tax taxes, um, I cut all my social media off from my phone. And all I did was focus on on my work and, and my craft and just trying to be better and changing my mindset. And that was the biggest thing is trying to reprogram myself to think and be able to process things in a slower manner in my brain. So my reaction can be slower too, you know? Um, and that's where I learned a lot of my stuff. And I, I said, the only thing I'm gonna do is listen to podcasts and watch videos, um, take courses. And that's all I did is I, I took countless of courses of, of um, you know, stocks and options. And some people just didn't resonate with me. And, you know, some people were like, man, I, I really just watched this on YouTube. I just paid $200 for this. I just watched a five minute video and I learned ex- everything that you just showed me. And so I started doing everything on myself. And, um, you know, during that time, I was able to uh, accumulate what the market was. And I was just a value investor. I was just a long-term investor. I really didn't know much about trading. Um, I understood, you know, trajectory and I understood how to read like channels and but I never knew the language and the lingo of actual like day trading or you know, trading options and stuff like that. And I was able to get on Clubhouse and, and expand my knowledge of things and I was able to pick up on things very, very quickly. Um so I started getting into technical analysis and I think I learned technical analysis probably within, you know, a good three to four months just because that's all I did. I just studied and practiced and retested and tried um, so many different indicators and indicator is something that you use on a chart that kind of helps you indicate which way a stock will go or not go right and there's so many different algorithms and things like that 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 can help you or hinder you i mean depending on the type of person you are your personality there's so many things that because some indicators might not be right for you right and you know your homie might be using um you know a cal caltner channel and you might be using bollinger bands they do the same thing but they read com- di- completely different and you can read them completely different just based off of your own personality and, and the way that you think. And it's just, it, it's more of a psychological game. And so once I started doing that, I really started to to understand myself a little bit better about the way that I, I handle things the way that like taking responsibility for myself, taking res- more responsibility for my actions and, and understanding that I'm not perfect. Right. And nothing in this world is perfect and nothing is ever going to be perfect. So You know, I think a lot of people get upset and and let them and me and this has happened, you know, I'll speak up for myself, but about wanting to be having the idea of you being perfect and you being great and you being this. And at the end of the day, I I realize that, man, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fall back. Um, You know, recently, probably like a year and a half, I I got separated from my kid's mother and, um, you know, I was going through, uh, uh, you know, that, that mental mental thing. I kind of went downhill, kind of let my business go, um, blew my account. I basically had to start at ground zero probably in the last, in the last year and a half after everything that I built and everything that I, I went through, like I mentally, I lost, I lost some of my, my drive, but the only thing that kept going is I knew that if I didn't quit, I, I wouldn't lose. Like I just, I, I, I couldn't swim and I was just trying to float. I was just trying to just stay above water right now. I was just trying to stay above water. Cause my mind my the capacity of my mind wasn't wasn't there i was you know i was in relationship for six seven years um before that and so it 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 meds, it messes with you because you, you used to think and you used to do things a different way now you got to readjust and you got to realign yourself and that's exactly what i did i realigned myself um you know taking care of my body taking care of my health taking care of my mental health and just reminding myself every single day that you know what um We got to do it this way. Like, you you can't stop. Like, no one one is going to feel sorry for you. Like, you could say, I can have a homie right now saying, man, I'm about to lose my house. Damn, bro, what you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. Uh, What you going to (laughs) do?
1: Yeah.
3: You know what I mean? And the homie's over there, and he's feeling all that stress. But, I mean, if you need help, I I can help you. But at the end of the day, like, I I can't feel sorry for you, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't feel sorry for me. No one's going to feel sorry for me. You know, so I, I just that's in the back of my mind, and just knowing that like I have to be the one, I have to be the like if I want to win, I have to do what it takes to win. You know what I'm saying? I gotta be, I gotta do stuff when when the game's not on, when nobody's watching you, when there's nobody in the stands, when there's when there's no one else around, and and you're you're by yourself and you're at home. Are you gonna sit there and take a nap? Are you gonna sit there and and I don't, I'm not saying none of that is wrong or anything like that, but that just goes back to, like how how hyper-focused like if you really want something and you really hyper-focused about it you you're gonna you, you're gonna fight through all those emotions because no matter what emotions are just temporary physical mental uh you know everything that's all just temporary emotions because i could have got an argument with with you know my significant other a week ago and i couldn't even tell you exactly what my emotions felt like i knew i was a little upset but it's they're never as strong later or you know they might bring back a bit of, of pain or a little bit of this or a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, it's never going to, it's always just going to gradually kind of, kind of slow down. It's always going to gradually, you know, kind of just leak itself out. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. so it's just things like that. Just trying to think of things in, in a better way. And, um, things will just pop in my head about just analogies. And I'm like, man, it, it, it's great. I'm like, man, this is exactly what I need to do. And, and I work good with analogies by comparing things like, okay, and not so much comparing myself to other people's work or worth that they could just comparing myself. Like for instance, yesterday I was thinking about that and I was scavenging for something. And I was like, man, like, and then I started brushing my teeth and it was in the morning. I was like, am I going to be a scavenger? Or I'm going to be a hunter. That's literally just what I asked me just out of the blue like. And so I went to go look at the definition, definition. Like what's the difference? A scavenger is somebody who's going to sit there and he's going to scavenge for little scraps and little this and that. And barely make it and do this. I'm like, man, a hunter is going to sit there. He's going to prepare. He's going to sharpen it, his, um, his bow and arrow or whatever his, his knife or whatever he needs to hunt. He's going to prepare. He's going to sit there. He's going to know exactly this is, this is the way that I want to do it. If it doesn't happen this way, you know, we got to rebound this way. And so just being able to sit there and be a hunter and have a hunter mindset and not a scavenger mindset. And like, that's just something that I thought about yesterday. I'm like, man, just, just these things that help me motivate me to go back and and go get everything that I I feel like I deserve. You know what I'm saying? And that's everything that I work for is what I deserve. And so if I'm not putting in the work, then I I can't go get it. I could wish for it, but I can't go get it. Yeah, okay, you, you. It's a lot of things you said that
2: that caught my attention because it's like it sounds like to me you're turning your negatives into positives, mm-hmm. like. You said, like, I'll say because you spent sh- your time in prison, you learned to time block. And that's where your hyper focus comes from. So when you need to cut it on, there you go. So if I need to learn something real quick, you, you're, you're able to cut off all distractions and learn that because that's what you need to know. You know, I, I found that. That's one thing that took away. And I I also want people to take away from this here, too, especially if you listen to multiple episodes. Pay attention to how many people, no matter what they do, they're in the stock market. Either they're long term value investors or they're traders. Regardless, they're in the stock market. And if they're not in the stock market, they're learning how to get into the stock market. Even if they're not 10 toes down, they're in there. They got some money in play somewhere. I want the people who's listening and watching me on video too now to, to pay attention to that. Like I'm thinking right now, I still got episodes in the hopper I ain't released. But the last four episodes I released, they were all traders as well. D- despite everything. And what you said, you learned, you learned your technical analysis in three months. Three. That's that's a season, <laughs> you know. That's a season. That's a that's a report card marking. You can you can do that, and like you said, you took courses, but you realize, which I also shared a sentiment too. You you take a course, and then you realize you already knew everything. You know, you take that course, and then you like, I know what he' about to say. Yeah, I'm right. Like then, that's when you realize, okay, maybe I shouldn't have took this course. I got to find another one. You know, someone that resonates with me. And also I want to highlight that, too, Um, because taking courses has this stigma sometimes from people who's trying to come up from a, a higher level. And true, there's a lot of oil snake out there. It is. Absolutely. However, there is a lot of truth out there, too. It's, it's just a matter of vetting the right people, mm-hmm. and and it's going to back to what you're saying. Like everybody's not perfect, you know. Like, you know, as far as like learning, like on a course or something, if this person has this perception of you that they're like perfect and they get Ferraris and and women and all this stuff, that's a red flag. Not saying it's not possible, but that's a red flag. You know, why would someone with that much success spend time talking to you? Maybe they don't even have the time. You get what I'm I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, even if they wanted to. However, there are other people who don't display that that knows more than you think. You know, the most the most I've learned from one guy, he, he wears a regular sweater and he's a multimillionaire. And you wouldn't even tell by looking at him. You know, but um, let me get off my soapbox there. You know, it's just these, this this is the reason why I want to have you on, because it's like you. You you're in a how I want to word this. You're in a place of where you're mastering yourself. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. You understand who you are. And now. You're at the point of execution. So now with that, you know, you 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 became a painter. You know, you started painting.
3: So what did painting lead to after that? Oh, painting led into fences. I mean, I've always been good with like building things. So like I mostly it led into painting, led into fences, led into doing all just remodeling, period. Um, but now I just specialize in just painting and fences. It's just easier that way. Um, I know that just a lot better. And I don't have, and I just tell people, I don't, it's less things to deal with too. And so I, I try to just perfect, you know, one or two things and, and that's it. And i just stick to that. And that's what I learned. You know, it's, it's good to know a lot of things, but it's not good to do all the things. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, yeah. it and sometimes you have to go experience that to realize that. You know what I mean? Let You know, I tried that. Let's mark this off. I'm not. I, I, this is not what I want to do. Or, you know, I tried it this way. I tried it once. just like when your parents go to take you out to eat and you just got to try it once. Do you like it? Oh, no, I tried it. That's not my thing. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't want that. Anymore. Yeah. When it's good, this is what I want.
2: Okay. You said you said painting and you said you found out painting is more liquid, lucrative than anything. Okay. So like, and you said painting fences, just fences. Mm-hmm. So like, if if you don't mind, how much could on, on, a, on an average, how much could you make painting one fence?
3: I oh, mean, just an average fence in the state of Texas is probably about 140 feet. And we'll just say if it's a six foot fence, we multiply that by 6 and then we multiply by by 2 because there's two sides right so now uh-huh. you have now you have a square footage now what do you want to charge a square foot so that I'd usually charge about a dollar dollar 50 just depending on if it's a contractor or you know a homeowner or something like that for contract if a contractor's can give me continuous work just like if you you know you go in Sam's club you buy in bulk they give you bulk work and you know you get a you get a a different price you know than somebody else, um, depending on the relationship that you have with them. Um, so like just on an average fence, I probably clear, um, you know, one day pressure washing. So that's probably like, you know, two or three hours. So that's three hours of work. One day you could probably pressure wash two, at least three fences, two to three fences in one day. And if you do that one day and you go do those two or three fences one day, that's a easily a $3,000 day three thousand mm-hmm. whoa or two days so three thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a day to clean it and then you know do the work and then you just buy the material and then you know you get in good with with somebody who you, you buy enough you buy enough material they're going to give you <coughs> a, a good price because your continuing is coming around so then your prices and then your profit margin goes up
2: okay so hearing that I think I might want to try painting to see if I want to keep doing this, <laughs> keep doing it. So what what would I need to, to start a paint service? And let's 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 keep it in your lane. Simply painting fences. What what would I need to get started?
3: <clears throat> you'll need you'll want to get a spray rig. Uh, you you could start off with the two hundred dollars spray rig. That's what I started off with. I started off with the $200 spray rig that probably lasted me two years. And then I went and go about the, about the big, the big daddy, that $900 one. I mean, that's not the big, big one, but that's the bigger one. Right. And so, um, so, you know, you can go spend 200 just to get started $200 um, with that. You want to go get a pressure washer, you know, you want to go buy a used pressure washer. That's what I did. I want to go buy a $250 pressure washer. That was $600 off of Facebook marketplace um, and so, you know, you got a pressure washer and a hose, you can go clean your fences with the pressure washer and hose, and then watch some YouTube videos on how to properly do it. Cause I messed up and I had to fix my mistakes, you know, and I'll go ahead and give you out that tip. Now, if you're pressure washing a fence and you're trying to clean it, you want to start all the way from the top and all the way to the bottom and continue. If you miss, like even if you go on a diagonal a little bit and you miss a spot, you'll see it. Don't try to come back and get that spot, come back from the bottom up. And always continue to go. Always, always finish your strokes up and down. If you got to come back to something else, you got to start from the top and finish at the bottom. Um, because what that does is it'll leave lines inside of your. So you want to go with the grains of of wherever your fence is, right? So if you're mm. going against it, it's going to make you're going to see those lines when you go and stain it. That's not something you want. A customer doesn't want to see that. Um, so you know you do that, and then you come and stain it, and you know you got to get some plastic or tarps and stuff like that. So. You're probably looking, you know, start off with some tarps. You can start off with two, three tarps. You spend $100 on tarps. And, you know, so you're probably looking at a good, mm, you can get away with starting less than a $1,000. And then you go sure. tell your customer, hey, listen, this is what we do. You know, it's 50% up front, 50% on the back end. You go get your 50% up front. You got money for your material. You know, you got money for material. You go buy your material. You might have a couple dollars left over because the profit margin on it. You already got everything that you need to to utilize and and execute. So you got that. Once you do that, then you're good. Then you just got to master the craft. You got the tools. Now you got to master your craft. Dang, I get what
2: you. I get what you're saying. It's simplistic. It's simple. Keep it simple. Like, just master that craft and like the profit margins, like, just based off the numbers you gave me, because well, okay, you in for less than a thousand. Alright, cool.
3: Now, once you got that, you can make money forever. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I was just saying, like, you know, but, you know, there's days where you, you're not, you're not working. You know what I'm saying? You gotta wait a couple of days for because that's what's on the schedule. So, it, it can get that way, but you also have to understand that if you're not consistent with, you know, if you ain't gotten to work, one thing that I did is I literally went on Google and typed in contractor. And I called every contractor in my area and said, Hey, I do fences. You have any work for me? I do fences. You have any work for me? That's literally how I started. I called everybody. I had cold called every contractor probably in this area. And they probably all know my name just by doing that. Hey. And if they not, if they don't use me this week, <laughs> use me this year. They might get another call in another month or two because it's, it's time to call again. It's time to time to refresh their memory. Okay, you you snatched that right out of my mouth. I was gonna say,
2: how do you find your customers? So you said straight call calling, and I like that you said you didn't cold call like just random people. You cold call people who's already in the industry. They may need
3: your help, and they just don't realize it yet. Mm-hmm. And insurance yeah. is low too, because the liability is not you're not it's not a big liability. Yeah. Because you're not gonna go okay. spray on a windy day, right? You're not gonna have you don't want, you know, the the most thing you might have to go do is go cover the neighbor's car with something that oversprays when to usually you know disappear by the time it makes it twenty feet, fifteen feet. So
2: Okay. Hey, that's dope. That's man see, every time I get, every every time I talk to someone, i am like, damn, can I do that? Shoot, hmm. you know what I'm saying? That's you know, I don't, I don't it, it sounds like something that, um, like you said, it's something you have to master because, like you said, there's a certain way you have to spray, there's a certain technique, there's certain things you need to pay attention to, like I said, you don't want to spray the car, you don't want to spray the concrete, hmm. Um, depending on where the fence is at, you don't want to spray the house, you know, yeah. so... So just
3: preparation, so like around the Around the house, you go ready go and put your tape and paper around it, or and so that's already you go prep everything first, and you know you bring card. They have cardboard shields, so you, you know, or you cut up some cardboard and lay it under where you're spraying, and then you can even put a cardboard up on top just to minimize things. And as long as you know, if you go watch a couple of YouTube videos and just watch the way you, it, now, it's just getting into the motion of the ocean. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. figuring out your groove now. Like you know what to do. It's just like with trading, right? I could sit here and I could tell you, hey, enter a trade every time this price action on this stock gets here. And I could tell you no indicator. I could just tell you if it comes, if it breaks above, you know, blah, 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 and it goes to this price and it holds this next day, get into it and then get out and sell it at this price. It's just brace off price. If I just tell you every time at this price, at this price, at this price, at these levels, if I tell you that you may not execute it the way I execute it. Right. Your timing might be off a little bit, but if you continue to do repetitions and you know exactly what to look for, then your timing is going to get better. Just the same thing with your painting. When you when you got that finger on that trigger, your, your time is going to get better to to come up and release it and put the pressure on it. Like it's going to be it's going to be a, a subconscious movement to you at one point or another.
2: OK, this and, and it's like I like the way you articulate it. it's like there's really no sh- no shortcuts to it, but everything's available to you. If you go out and get it, mm-hmm. um, nothing special. You don't have to go out and get no certifications or anything. It's like, if you want to do this, just go out and do it. And you're going to need some seed money. But how many businesses you can start for less than a thousand dollars? Like truthfully, how many? And now you got my wheels turning. Cause I say, shoot, there's ways you can rent this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. You can rent the stuff for for maybe one job, and shoot, you can make it even cheaper. Like you said, you got the you got the uh, used spare off uh, marketplace. You can go to pawn shops and try to find you one, and shoot, maybe they have a way program. You can get it that way. You can get into it slowly. Like yeah. it's a lot, lot of ways you can you can yeah. You it. can
3: even you can even start <clears> by renting it at Home Depot. They got a rent tool rental. See, so even if you don't have the thousand dollars, you might only have four hundred dollars. But you, this one job, you get one good job and you know, you do it right. They're going to pay you, right? Yeah. So you do it right. You can go rent that equipment. You can go rent the pressure washer for $70 a day. You can go rent the paint sprayer for $68 a day. I mean, that's $200. And you tell me, you know, and that's when you go and say, hey, I need that deposit before I start. Here's, you know, we'll just say it's a thousand square foot. Here's $500. Well, you know, you you know, uh, five gallons of paint is going to cover X amount of square foot, 800 square foot, 900 square foot. Well, OK, it might need two coats. So we'll count the second coat as half the square footage. So I might need, you know, eight gallons for the whole total. So I'm going to go ahead and get eight gallons. That's, you know, less than two hundred dollars. That's depending on what kind of stain or, or paint you get. That's less than two hundred dollars. Material less than two hundred. You're still left with a hundred dollars. Go buy yourself some lunch. Put some gas in your car. You know, I mean, there's there's so many ways and so many ways to skin a cat. Is just you know, sometimes you have to skin it this way to can get that knife sharpener. So you can skin yeah, a little bit better.
2: Yeah, I, I share a story with you. Um, before I started doing this, like ever since before I started. 10 toes down in this, I had a courier company. You know, mm-hmm. I was delivering I was delivering packages from business to business because I didn't want to deal with like the, the Ubers and the Lyfts and the Amazon Flexes. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to go long distance and the margins were better. So, I started off, I had my car. I was riding around, I was doing that. Eventually, the car broke down. So, it's so I still want to deliver. I had work I had to do. I rented a car for about six months just to keep that afloat. And it worked. You know, I went, I went, I, I went to hire a car. I got a regular old car. It had insurance and everything. I gave that to the expediting company, you know, Hey, can I keep driving? Yeah. here, Here's some packages. Go to Ohio, you know, and I did that for six months and that kept me going. Actually, that was the seed money for me to start this year. That's how I finalized getting all my equipment and stuff. So it was like, yeah, yeah. you can scan it. You, you just, you just got to think, you got to think, you know, um, it's, it's interesting. We talking a lot about Peyton, but your name is Dr. Bull.
3: Like <laughs> I, I figured it'd be like Doc colors or something, but <laughs> <No, man>, so <laughs> I kind of just tell you how I got that. So, um, you know, my last, uh, my real name is, you know, is Josh Torres. So my last name is Torres. So when I played football, um, you know, uh, bull in Spanish was, was Toro. So they would always call me Toro or bull. And so that's where I got that name. The doctor came from, um, you know, when I started busting them up with technical analysis and I became a technical analysis doctor. So we got Dr. Bull. So we got, we got a little bit of, a little bit of best of both worlds. So, And, you know, I don't use a lot of a lot of indicators or anything. I like to keep things simple and simplify things as much as possible. My relationships, I like to keep simple. Uh, I like to keep everything simple and and not to overcomplicate things because, you know, I can get to overthinking and get to thinking about. Just things, astronomical things, and uh, I I, I just like to keep it simple. You might have named this episode. (laughs) you you
2: might have named this episode like you know everything is you know a lot a lot of this stuff is freestyle sometimes and it's like i just like to lead with my curiosity you know because in the beginning i had all these questions written out and it's like you sound stiff and and then also a lot of times you ask one question someone gets comfortable they start talking and then all your questions get answered now you stuck like oh oh so I just stopped doing that. Lead with curiosity, you know, just get a feel for the person who they are and like how, what perception do they come from as far as their business, their mindset and their perception and yours is keeping it simple. You know, simple business master that. Even when you in that translate into how you chart, which for those who's not into the stock market, it really plays into who you really are. You know who you are once you get in that stock market. Mm-hmm. And and you say you you keep it simple, even with your indicators. And with that, what what indicators do you use? And this is for my stock people who are listening.
3: All right. So there's there's actually I mostly I usually just first usually just look at a naked chart, right? So a naked chart is just a plain chart. Um Uh, which is candlesticks. Um, and I'll just jump back from Hakanashi to regular candlesticks. So I'll do that. And then if I'm really doing like, uh, if I'm really, really prepping for a trade, um, I use trading view as my, my charting, um, where I chart. So there's a, there's an indicator called a VPR, which is a volume profile, uh, range is what it is. And it comes on the side of your chart And if you go back and you look at the chart, so depending on what you have in your screen, just like, you know, if you pull up a minute chart or if you pull up a weekly chart within that same screen, the candlesticks are going to be different. right? But if you zoom in or zoom out on that chart, no matter what the time frame is, the volume indicator, the VPR is going to tell you, it's almost going to show you where the support and resistance is like it almost lines up perfectly um, just based off of the bars that are on the side. So you can kind of see where most of the trading volume is. And so there's a blue and a yellow. The blue kind of indicates the buying volume. The yellow going to indicate the selling volume. And when those bars are a little bit longer, um, that's a lot of trading volume. A lot of trading volume is there's just a lot of trading going on back and forth, buying and selling. So, but it, at that point is like who's going to win, right? And so, like if you go and look at it, the let the the smaller trading volume, if your if your stock is kind of going up or going down. So if it breaks that that longer candlestick and there's, there's smaller, there's smaller ones on the side. Most likely it's going to run through those because there's not history has shown that there's not a lot of buying and selling in this area just based off of that. So I'll kind of use that. Obviously I use support and resistance. I'll use, um, I like to uh, use um, patterns and there's, there's, there's a way to do a, a, a potential price target on almost every pattern. Um, you know, one thing and one, one that I really like to use is, is, is your bull flag. So if you know how to identify a bull flag, if you take from the top of the pole to the bottom of the pole and you move it to the the bottom of the pole to where the bottom of the flag is, that is quote unquote, a potential price target. And so like, there's just, there's just a lot of things that I've learned, um, to kind of help with that. And I'll just play around with those. It's not how I mainly make my trade, um, but I will use it as a as an indicator to to say, hey, this is potentially what it could be, and that's what it is is what has the highest potential. Um, so I use that, and then I'll use your EMAs, right? Your um, I use the thirteen and twenty one. Most people use um, the twenty, the I think the ten and the fifty and the hundred or the two hundred, and I just use the. Uh, so I use the thirteen and twenty-one, and then I use the fifty and two hundred as two indicators. And so, like depending on if they cross or not, history has shown, um, you know, it could be a, a bullish signal or it could be a bearish signal depending on which way I'm trading. So, what's what's an EMA? Uh, estimated moving average estimated moving average okay uh, so there's an estimated moving average there's a sma which is a simple moving average average um there's a, uh there's there's different ones but there's just a way they calculate moving average so it's just an indicator so if i uh, the you know, obviously the moving average is just the price action the average of that price action within that time frame so within the last 20 days so if i have a daily chart on and I use a 20-day EMA or SMA, it's just the the average of what that stock price was um, in the last 20 days, right? Or the last 100 days, depending on which which one you're using. Um, So at that point, it's just the way it's calculated. That's like if I use a Keltner channel or use a Bollinger Bands, they're almost the exact same thing, um, but they just calculate just slightly different. Okay, see, Man, you need a you need a uh, technical analysis class or something, man. That's 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 another one, man. I, I try to keep it simple, man. You know they they got some experts out there, so I just I just stayed to myself, man. Well,
2: it's cool because like yeah, because there are experts, and I get what you're saying. However, is like the way you broke that down, you know. Well, because I, I actively study, you know. I try to make it a part of my life. Actually, I'm sorry, I do. Make it a part of my life to pay attention to what's going on in the market and to get better at it, you know. And and I encourage anybody who's tuning in to this to do so as well. No matter your level, there are different kinds of trading styles, like what Dr. Bull just broke down is from a technical aspect, but you can also do a fundamental part as well, where you look into what the company's actually doing, you know, uh, like for example, um, I just found out 7-Eleven is getting ready to set up their charging station network, Hmm. which you can you can play that into 7-Eleven. I don't know if 7-Eleven is publicly traded, Um, but also you can pay attention to, okay, what network are they going with? Actually, you look at EV as a whole sector, maybe because that's that's the infrastructure we're going to in the future. That's the next 10 years. Most of the cars is going to be EV. So you might go with
3: with the ETF on that one, right?
2: Yeah, you go with the
3: ETF, the exchange traded fund. So just with that real quick, um, you know, just with your EVs, just like with somebody who who needs gas, like most people are not picky on on where the gas station's at. Average person Mm -hmm. in America, right? That's like the same thing with the EV. Nobody cares what, what company it is. They just care about do they have the plug to fit into their vehicle right? Do you have the gas for me to get where I need? So, you know, the more I think about that and the more like, I kind of think about the EVs, I kind of think of it that way. Like there's going to be one person that or two people that might come up on the top, but you really going to have to do, you really going to have to stay on top of it on that whole sector, just period. Especially with it's, it's a, it's a growth sector, but which ones are going to grow. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a little insight on that. Now and another insight
2: too, I just read um that um Ford just got the contract to turn um the, the post office trucks mm-hmm. into electric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got the deal for that. You know, and that's that's another fundamental analysis that we can pay attention to. Don't go out and just buy stuff. Please don't. But it gives you a direction to look and then you can figure out how you want to play, you know? And, and like, talk with your friends, have friends or your family members or community talk about it. Like I highly stress that enough. Like I was thinking about having an episode where we just sit down and talk about the market or something, you know, because iron sharpens iron. I found out this is very true. Like I didn't know what an EMA was. I just found out. You know, I'm like, okay, because I normally use the simple moving averages. But now I got the EMAs. Like, all right, let me go back to the chart and let me see. Let me use this. Let me see if I can add this to my strategy. Because me personally, I'm still trying to find my way to technical analysis. I'm just trying stuff, you know, similar to how you simplify, you know, painting the fence. Man, this is making me think of Karate Kid, bro. (laughs) No, why is that? (laughs) Because it. If uh for those who've seen the original Karate Kid, you know, That's at one point, band. yeah, uh, at one point he had them paint the fence simply in uh, one direction. You paint with the grade of the fence up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. We start going across. No, stop. Up and down, up and down. It kind of sound like your story. You know, you got to spray this way. You got to do it that way. But at the end of the day, he was teaching them how to block high and low, you know, with that lesson. And that lesson applies to this episode, you know, pun intended, with the painting of the fence. So you, you, but in this sense, we're using it for your business and in a relationship to the stock market. Because simple, simple is, simple is better. Simple is better. You. You, if you have a lot of moving pieces, you have to maintain those moving pieces. Correct. And yeah, man, I, I like it. I like it.
3: Yeah, the, so, the uh, stock market is <clears throat> it could be a scary place because it's so unknown and there's so much stuff inside of there. And you know, you go into a bro, you go into the wrong brokerage account and you go into TD Ameritrade and you just like, you got thrown in the middle of the maze and you don't know which way to go. You know what I'm saying? Um, and just learning user friendly pa- platforms, especially for someone who's just getting into it, will couldn't make or break that trader. You know what I'm saying? Because they may just give up. Because, oh, no, I'm not doing this. And if they have it easy and they start getting a little bit of traction of navigation. Um, I mean, there's YouTube videos, and, but some people don't think that way. Some people just just want it right. Simple. Right. They want it simple. And so. um, you know, just being able to, to, to pick the right and trying to help, you know, that, that us as traders, we got to be mindful of that too. And being transparent with, you know, get you a couple brokerage account, use this brokerage account for trading, use this brokerage account for investing, use this brokerage account for just doing options, you know, whatever you're doing. I mean, you don't have to stick to one brokerage account. You can go and get, you know, this one or that one. And, you know, some of those are going to have different stocks that are not listed on that brokerage account. Um, so at that point, you know, us as traders is, is to be mindful of of letting, you know, new traders and trying to guide them into, hey, you know, you go into TD Ameritrade is going to be a little more complicated. You go into Fidelity, you know, it's a little more simple, but it's a little more straightforward. Um, you know, you go into Webull, Weeble's a little more user friendly and there's, you know, there's a community in there. You can chat, you know, talk to people in there. Uh, you know, you go into Robinhood, Robinhood is probably going to be your most user friendly um, straight. But, you know, at the end, at the end of the day with those, with those brokerage accounts, you know, you, with Robinhood, you, you might not be able to trade for 30, 45 minutes. Whereas in Webull, it might, they might, they might pause something for, you know, three or four minutes because of the brokerage account and and the structure and the, and the community and the back end that they have um, with that company. So there's a lot of things that you want to be able to put, put in thought, especially if you're putting your money into it. You know what I mean? Hmm.
2: Snatch that out by mouth. See what brokerage account you uh, recommend. You just gave us four, and I think that's enough for people to like make a decision. You know, Um, tap into the Bullish Picks podcast. It has a whole episode on it, brokerage Mm -hmm. breakdown. You know, check that out. You know, also, but no, yeah. um, I know what you mean by being like the stock market is a scary place because it's so much unknown, like. I was kicking it with my brother-in-law and you we know, don't no knowledge of the market. You know. but you know, I tell him, you know, I'm right here. You can pick my brain. You know, I remember when I knew nothing, I couldn't pay nobody to teach me because there was no one around at the time, but now it's everywhere. You know, you got YouTube, you got people actively trading the market. I tell you what I know. And you know, it was just, he was just simply talking about volume. You know, he's like, what's that on the chart? That's volume, man. You know, it's different ways to look at it. You know, Um, you know, he's asking me, you know, why the prices are fluctuating, you know, it's buying and selling, you know, and, you know, just give him give him the general the general spiel of it, you know, just to give him an idea so that it's not as scary, you know. But again, tell him, you know, just, you know, you can go on YouTube Um, if you want to sit down and talk to me about it. We can talk about it. You know, if you want to get deeper into it, I bring someone else into the conversation that knows more, you know. And it's like I try to do that with everybody in my circle, you know. Um, and again, if people's tuning in, like if you want to tap into someone, you know, you can hit me up. I'll send you to the right person because I only know so much. You know, I can you can tap in with Dr. Bull. You know what I'm saying? you. You. you his name is Dr. OK, because he's surgical with this. <laughs> so. He'll tell you something. And if you want to know more, we go to Lala. You know what I'm saying? Lala surgeon as well. You know, so, so it's like, don't let the market, don't fear the market. Try to make it work for you. Figure out how it can make it work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's that's the sentiment I have. And then after a while, you're going to start having fun with it. Mm-hmm. After a while, you know, looking at, you know, oh, this company, they publicly traded You know, you can look them up real quick. All this stuff is free on your phone. You know, everybody got a phone. You can download Yahoo Finance, Sink or Swim. Um, Even these brokerage accounts, you can look up the information, which all of them have apps, all of them. So it's like, you know, that's that's my stock market soapbox. You know, um, I develop a passion for it. And I think. Most people can, too, because it's definitely one of the larger pillars of building wealth. And it's the I will say, in my opinion, it's the
3: fastest. It's the fastest for sure. <clears throat> Unless you're a trust fund baby, then, you know, you might might already have wealth. So,
2: I, uh, Well, <laughs> <let's>,
3: <laughs> well, good for that trust fund baby. But
2: yeah, we we we, we in the space of creating trust fund babies. I <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. Uh, Oh, man, because I found out how much it really costs to, like, do a trust. Like. It's like two hundred dollars or something, you know, what I'm saying, depending on what you're trying to do. This is financial advice. This is I'm sharing some of my due diligence with you guys. I found out it was just like a couple hundred bucks and I even found a way you could do it for free. And I was like, whoa. And really and truly, you're just protecting your assets. That's it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm about to have me some trust fund kids (laughs) for sure.
3: (laughs) You know, so. And it makes it easier to pass down to your legacy because the whole they they inherit the whole trust, whereas they inherit everything and they kind of get away of taxes from that, too. So, like, you know, say you have a house and stuff like that. If you directly, you know, you put it in a will and you give it to your your kid, they have to pay the taxes on that capital gains tax. Whereas if you have it in a trust, they don't have to pay those taxes because it's in that trust mm-hmm. and you're just an inheritor of that trust and the trust owns that asset. So the trust is going to be there forever. And you may come the ownership of that. It may transfer, but, you, you know, you don't you don't you get away from paying those those capital gains tax. See, and that's a That's a good
2: nugget there, man. Um, I guess we can we can land a plane there, man. Learned a lot from you. <laughs> and, and I appreciate you coming on. Um, well, first, is there anything I missed that you would like to speak on?
3: No, man. I everything's good. I just uh, appreciate you having me on, man, and you know, letting me share my my story and and my journey in, in life. So um, the only thing I could tell you guys is that you know, just just don't give up. You know, even if you're staying stagnant or even if you're just chilling or No, just don't give up. If you know it's coming and you're building up that energy for you to 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 go up that hill. And some people may not understand that. But as long as you understand your purpose and you know what your vision is and you stick to that and you prepare and you plan and you execute. I promise you, you're going to get to where you want to go.
2: And boom, there it is. I'm I'm gonna sign out, but I want you to to stay on the line here. that's a nugget another nugget for y'all this is uh the entrepreneur kickback with dr bull we out peace
0: from the lands of egypt comes something special every family begins their perfect night with a great meal and it starts with mount sinai olive oil taste the quality of premium delicious olives that are first cold pressed and extra virgin no matter what's for dinner mount sinai olive oil will be the perfect ingredient to enhance flavor and your health excellence has a new name mount sinai olive oil has arrived